Welcome to Conversation Pace. I'm your host, Brian Rossetti. First up, the obligatory housekeeping note to get out of the way regarding our app, VDOTO2. In the latest version, we released a brand new feature called Stats. We're super excited about this update. There's a lot more to come. Now you can see some great data viz of your VDOT progress, percentage of training at different intensities, how consistent you are. Check it out. Please let us know what you think. Okay, in episode 46, I spoke with Jason Marticello. Jason lives and trains in New York City. Despite being an athlete growing up, he's a relative newbie to the sport. Just four years, though, he's gotten into marathons and already PR'd with a 246. I'll go out on a limb here. That's probably the fastest marathon ever for a former state champion football lineman. He's since transformed himself, losing over 100 pounds. I hope you enjoy our conversation. All right, Jason, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Brian. So you're based in New York, right? I am based in Lower Manhattan in New York, correct. Right, so we just talked about ongoing construction, which is a never-ending project in Manhattan. (laughs) Yeah, there's always something. You know, it's funny when you say minimize noise. I think that's, you know, probably something that's uncontrollable. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been in Manhattan? <clears throat> um, so I've been in Manhattan for about four years. I uh, actually probably right exactly four years. I moved from uh, Miami. I spent, you know, a good 10 years down in Florida before moving to, back to New York, originally from upstate New York, um, Albany area. Okay. Um, the, I was just asking because the noise, I was in New York, geez, since 2005, and then the, the pandemic knocked me out. Uh, or the, well, the pandemic plus my wife got into school, so we're in Philadelphia at the moment. Um, but the noise just started getting to me. And then since I've been back, I don't know if it's like they were just backed up. Now there's like more construction because it got held up during the pandemic um i don't know do you get that vibe do you feel like yeah i mean (laughs) i feel like there's construction everywhere here um actually and i've certainly lived in places where you know it was louder and i had to leave but um you know we live down in the seaport and it's generally for the most part fairly quiet it's kind of off the radar um for being you know the hustle and bustle new york city but um you know it still can get loud. <laughs> yeah. No matter what. <laughs> just a part of, you know, just part of living in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was the connection? So you um how did you connect Dylan Bell as his coach and you now, right? Um Yeah. That was the connection um to us and to VDOT and to seeing you uh improve on the app. So I'm just curious how you initially connected with Dylan. Yeah, so um, there's a lot of folks down in uh, the lower Manhattan area, Tribeca specifically, that run. Uh, and I, you know, linked up with a lot of these folks just mainly because I see them every day. Um, and, you know, they all train with Dylan. And uh, so, um, yeah, I decided to, you know, roll with Dylan, see what we can do. I've worked, you know, before that, you know, I did work with john henwood for a few years and that kind of how i got started into the um running and you know training legitimately to to you know run the marathon so wow dylan i didn't know this dylan's cornering the the tribeca market um wow he has a strong handle on that's that's a good market to to corner um wow that is funny so you guys there's a group down there you guys are are training where? Mostly on the river? Do you come up to the park at all? Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I train a lot at the park. Um, there's a, uh, I'm kind of a little bit of a lone wolf in my training in many cases. Um, but I will run with them sometimes. And, you know, I love hitting the park just because, I don't know, you feel like, you know, you're actually training. It's like, you know, like if you're going to um, train anywhere, train where all the you know the best train and i feel like it's where all everyone goes to get better um so 
I don't know. Yeah. It just changed. The energy changes when you're in the park and you just, you know, so I totally, you know, try to make it up there at least, you know, during a, tr- a training intervals or, you know, when I'm in the heart of a training cycle, I'll try to get up there a couple of times a week. So, okay. Um, well, we probably run past each other. It's funny. Totally. Um, that's awesome. So, and then curious, we'll talk about Berlin a little bit, but did you feel, I guess you have the, you have the river. I've gotten into trouble with some marathons where you do a lot of work on the river and then you pay for it in the race on the hills, but kind of Berlin is sort of the reverse, right? You, I think some people forget they have to train for pretty much a flat marathon too. Um, get the legs ready. Like you're not changing muscle groups as much, right? Whereas in the park, it's just, it never stops rolling, you know? So did you use a lot of the river for those Berlin like specific workouts or no? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, naturally I, I run a lot on the West side highway just for the fact that, you know, it's easy and accessible. Um, <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I mean, I, for me, I like, you know, more challenging, uh, rolling hills and, you know, that Harlem Hill, Cat Hill, I mean, those are, yeah, I don't know. They're fundamental, I think, um, just for, you know, just dealing with all different types of, um, gradation that you are seeing in a course. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I mean, the, the river's fun, but it's, I, I found it just, it's so packed, right? You got to kind of get up, um, to the park it's so tight especially with bikers who don't want to see you on the on the river we talked a little bit yeah. about battling cyclists in new york i had another nyc runner who's also a lower manhattan guy too tom black i don't know if you've seen him uh or yeah, no, yeah, off I tom. Know tom. oh no way small yeah, world totally that's uh, great yeah yeah no i i generally am try try to be out the door around six or sometimes earlier so I can, uh, you know, miss, uh, miss most of the crowd. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I'm not a morning runner, so that's awesome. I'm jealous. I wish I was. Um, so then let's, let's start back. We just kind of pull back. Um, how did you, there's a couple things I saw one in your background. I saw exercise fizz. Is that right? Did I see that? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. I don't work in, yeah, the space, but I do have a master's degree in exercise physiology. Wow. Um, yeah, I did spend some time. So, you know, I, you know, to kind of step back a little bit further, I, you know, grew up and, you know, I was super overweight. Um, and I lost over a hundred pounds as like a teenager. And, you know, I got super fascinated in how and why I lost all that weight. And that's what kind of led me to, um, University of South Florida. And I studied exercise phys. Did a lot of publishing there. I got, yeah, I got really interested in health and fitness, and um, you know, I had a major revelation at some point. And it's really um, any anything about my weight loss had zero to do with anything I'd learned really in in that degree program. It was more from psychology and how we make decisions, and so I kind of made a huge pivot um, to this field of behavioral science behavioral economics and just really uh, just understanding how decisions are made. And, um, you know, it actually really relates to a lot of the training because, you know, for me, it's it's 100% a mental game. (laughs) Um, I think the race is won far before um, you actually hit the, hit the, hit the pavement. So. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about the, the weight loss, like, your childhood, I, I, I noticed in the survey, when you submitted your result, you said something about that you always hated running. Was that just yeah. a product of um, growing up, you know, carrying around the extra weight and just not wanting to exercise? Or where did that, that come from? How did that develop? Yeah, I mean, so when I was young, I, you know, I played football and I when I played high school football, they, you know, kind of, I mean, I, I quickly realized the bigger you are, the better you are. I played defensive line and, you know, the more I put on weight, the better I was. So, you know, there was that correlation. However, you know, you know, I did win a state championship in football, so it did pay off. But after that was done, it realized that that was not helpful. 
um, being having that extra weight, you know, from a social perspective, that crushed my ability to get a girlfriend at the time. And, you know, I, I did have another major, you know, impact uh, at that time. My brother passed away unexpectedly at like 17 years old. And that kind of shaped, you know, the way I looked at how I lived my life. And, you know, I ultimately changed my life, lost all this weight. And, you know, I, but I still was never a runner. I, I hated running. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was from doing the conditioning during football. But um, yeah, running was never my thing. I hated it. Um, I mean, I actually, I never really started really running until I got to New York in 2018. So Yeah, I was shocked just kind of seeing your performances in the marathon, how fast you've been running. I just assumed you had been running for a while. Um, and so it's only <laughs> yeah. been, was it four years then technically or even yeah. less? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, probably about that. Probably less. Four years or so. I don't know. It's probably safe. Yeah. When I got to New York, I, you know, before that, I, you know, I was running a little bit in Miami just to kind of stay in shape type deal. Um, but um, I was, yeah, I was, I've been a fitness person for a while before that. So, but never a runner. But I'd say when I moved to New York, I kind of set this goal. I said, I want to run under three hours. Pretty much everyone doubted me. <laughs> everyone. I don't even. My, I don't even think John Henwood thought I could do it, to be honest. Like, um, you know, I just, and I was, yeah, up at the park a few times a week, three times a week then. Um, and yeah, I literally just followed the program to the T and, you know, cranked out 254 at New York in 2019. So, um, which is not I, a, honestly, <laughs> not a fun course. I mean, I, New York runs slow. I think it's slower yeah, than totally. most people think, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, I don't know. I felt phenomenal too. I wasn't sore after. I honestly, I think I could have um, ran more. This is the thing I deal with now is, you know, um, you know, balancing between, you know, um, you know, not pushing yourself in, in the marathon versus, you know, you know, running it smart. Um, so I always wonder if I left some on a, too much on the table versus, you know, so these are the things the challenges I deal with now. <laughs> Um, yeah, join the club. I mean, this is Total. part of being an athlete, right? Uh, I'm still thinking about races from, you know, 25 years ago that I, wow. that I dropped the ball, you know, that I blew it <laughs> and then still beating myself up, up right? even down to like back in high school, the races, it's just torture. Um, so anyway, yeah. so I'm, I'm all, I, you know, I take yeah. that as a good thing now. I don't know. After every, I, I literally plot out my pace in Excel. I want to look at it, analyze it over time versus all my marathon. I've done it. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's the only way to improve that thing. Yeah. Oh no, for sure. For sure. Um, so then getting back into, I mean, it makes sense in terms of, I mean, most, I think young athletes running is kind of a punishment, right? I always use that as like, that's kind of my theory, like kids growing up, at least in totally. in America, because I've been in that position at basketball practice, you know, you screwed up, go run a lap and you're like, oh, so it's like associated with punishment. And then getting into running was just because I realized, oh, I'm kind of good at this. So I was competitive. So I liked being good and being able to win. So that kind of got me into it. Otherwise, you we're just in an environment that's not conducive or it's not. There were no runners in my town. I'm assuming you were in a similar position. It was football. It was basketball, baseball. Um, so then you're a football player. Any residual issues physically from playing football? I was curious about that you're dealing oh, with yeah, now. Totally. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so. Actually, I got two injuries. People are still wondering how I'm running, but I had a uh, MCL PCL meniscus. Someone, you know, took out my left knee on a chop block. I had a, you know, major major reconstructive surgery on my left knee. Uh, it was like six hours or so. Had a cadaver replaced my MCL, so a ligament transplant from someone else. Um, and you know, they graft to uh, my hamstring for my PCL, which is, you know, first off, it's super rare. Uh, to tear that but nonetheless pretty much half my ligaments and my knee were blown out got them repaired my meniscus um, I played football next year and I did something my arm broke that and had a plate put in 
you know, long story short, you know, fast forward, you know, my knee has been phenomenal. I get it checked every year, um, you know, MRI um, and, uh, you know, I'm putting some serious mileage on it and it feels great. <laughs> what do you do strength wise? Does Dylan have you doing a lot or have you been doing uh, stuff? Yeah, I've been doing stuff. Um, you know, I, you know, I certainly have been doing a lot of exercise training for pretty much as long as I can remember. And, uh, yeah, so I've been doing a lot of specific stuff, you know, always for my knee. And to be honest, I always go to physical therapy. I mean, I don't care. I love just being in that place. Um, cause I feel like, you know, it's something's going to happen and I want to be well ahead of the curve. Um, so for me, I've, when I ramp up training, I ramp up PT. Um, it's just, you know, it just keeps it on the calendar. I, you know, just stay committed to staying preventative about uh, something, you know, popping up. Cause I know something's going to pop up, as you know, something always comes up uh, from a musculature standpoint, whether I'm just training on a flat surface or training on hills or going too fast, going, I don't know, not having enough recovery, whatever it may be. So making sure my muscles are preparing to take that load. Um, but yeah, I do, you know, certainly uh, a lot of eccentric training, hamstring for Boston, a lot of quads. Um, uh, yeah, making sure they're super strong. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I wish that, I mean, some of the best moments I've had in running is when I had the ability to go to a PT for maintenance, not just when I was injured. And unfortunately, I don't know if it's just time, resources, a lot of times insurance doesn't cover it obviously so you just runners don't go in unless they absolutely like have no choice you know and it's a shame because i think you don't reach your potential unless you're getting worked on you're constantly working through things because the running's always breaking you down um so yeah that's that's an awesome point that's good to hear i would like to see more people doing that have you um that's amazing that the knee is holding up so well has it, how did you get all the weight off? Did it, was it quickly? Was it over time? And yeah, yeah, it definitely took over time, um, yeah. over a year. Um, and it was just, you know, to be honest, everyone always asks about how I lost all that weight. And to be honest, I didn't even like, it's not like I like thought intensely about it. You know, it's like common sense diet. Like I was a high schooler at the time, like, you know, not, not, now I'm armed with a lot more education, but it really doesn't take a lot of education to lose weight. It's just, you know, simple, like analyze, look at what you eat and just make some changes. Um, and it's people know, they, they know what's better, like eat less or, eat, you know, something different that's healthier. And, you know, it just that's hard. That's psychologically hard for for folks and myself included, I still struggle with it. So, um, it's no easy thing, but you know, it's just like with running, it's like showing up and, you know, doing some of these, you know, basic things are, they can get, go far. It's just, you need to do them. And, you know, we just got to stay accountable to ourselves. And that's, you know, what I did. I just made small changes and, you know, not anything mind blowing. I didn't hop on some crazy diet, alter some, Honestly, I didn't even really notice a lot, but over time, it just, you know, pounds were melting off, melting off. So nice. And, and yeah. also with the exercise fizz background, was that, do you feel like you're getting a lot more out of your training as a result? Because you, you I don't know whether it's buying into what Dylan gave you or you just, you were under, you were able to understand yeah. it better, the, the training or, um, yeah, I, I don't think so. I mean, to be honest, I've kind of distanced myself. I was super in the weeds, at, you know, 10 years ago. Like I was, I could probably cite studies off the top of my head, famous studies in exercise phys. And I, I was just super knowledgeable, had every certification under, you know, I've got, I've gone through the, those uh, ropes, but you know, now I've just, you know, I moved on, I, you know, and uh, I kind of, to be honest, I kind of stay away from it now. Um, you know, I don't want to get too in the weeds cause I, you know, I think, um, from my perspective in running, I, you know, don't want to, I don't know. I, I get in my head too much. That's maybe something you've probably realized talking to me is, you know, finding a nice balance between, um, you know, getting to, uh, 
um, caught up in things that really don't matter. Um, <laughs> you know, so, you know, I don't know, the thing that always comes to mind and, you know, this kind of topic is, you know, just over paying attention to like my watch. That's a, a good example. Um, you know, I just, I, sometimes I find just, you know, turning it off or not looking at it is a better way to deal with, um, you know, per, you know, a specific run or even in the marathon. <laughs> uh, sometimes I'll just, you know, click at the clock so I won't, you know, just look at pace and just, you know, there's just too many things to get in your head. And, you know, in terms of, you know, my knowledge in that space, I certainly, yeah, I just, I just put trust in people. I don't, I'm not trying to, you know, question them. You know, I, I know certainly I'll, I'll do some due diligence up front um, and I'll assess whether someone knows their stuff. Um, but, um, you know, after that, it's just, you know, I put full control in a person prescribing what they recommend. Yeah, you kind of touched on where I was going with that when you said uh, turning off the watch. It's funny because the it's like the calculator, right? Like we we don't do math in our head as much, you know, and you, you lose, you start to lose it because you're not, or like you're just following directions and you're not kind of thinking where you're going. Um, so you don't learn it as much. Same thing with like pace and effort. We keep looking at the watch and that's kind of driving it versus feeling what's going on in our body totally. and letting the effort dictate it. So that's, that's kind of where... I was going like take threshold, for instance, if you've got sort of the science background, you know what's happening in the body, sort of what it's supposed to feel like. To me, like running at threshold is real, really a skill. It's one thing to go out and look at your watch to hit certain paces that maybe your coach has prescribed, you know, if you're doing mile repeats or whatever it is um, to get the most out of that workout, you got to really run right at your threshold, obviously you're getting benefits otherwise. Um, but if that's the purpose of the workout, as, as Jack Daniels always says, um, then you, there is potentially, you know, that edge and learning how to find it and run at it and maintain that effort for as long as you can. Um, and so understanding what's happening in the body is kind of cool, but also I think, just curious if, if that is a way that you approach it. It seems like not so much. Yeah. 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 No, totally not. I mean, you know, even when I was in X Fizz, I was, you know, focused more on the strength and conditioning aspect. Got it. Never, you know, um, to be honest, not, I was never interested in endurance. I was so far from. And, um, you know, so, but now, um, you know, for me, how I look at it is, you know, outcomes that's it what is the outcome you know i put in the work you know to me tell me whatever i need to do i'll do it and i you know i measure that by outcomes so um and you know i'm not going to get caught up in you know anything really besides you know i trust dylan i trust his process i'm going to do it to the t and you know the proof's in the pudding um so if i can't perform because of that you know that's that's it. You know, <laughs> you know, I can either be a, there can be a few things. One, I didn't, you know, do what I was supposed to do. In other words, I didn't do what was prescribed. And, uh, that might be a result, uh, in, influence the result or, you know, maybe what I was, you know, prescribed, not the best. Um, so, um, that's how, kind of how I look at it. It's purely in results. So, um, yeah. But yeah. I mean, I, I don't like it in the weeds. Um, it's just, it just, you know, bogs me down. I'm not in, I'm not coaching. I'm not a instructor. So for me, I want to stay far away from it. I, I don't have enough time anyway. Uh, it, it is interesting to chat about it, you know, certain things, but you know, I don't like getting in the weeds and seeing how it can impact my training. <laughs> what, my dogs are going crazy. What kind of dog or dogs? Uh, yeah. Two dogs. Yeah. Uh, we have a two Bichon kids and, uh, yeah, a Bichon and, uh, a Maltese. My wife would, you know, not probably, uh, get upset if I didn't recognize that they're rescue dog. So <laughs> oh, nice. uh, I will throw that in there. Very cool. Um, where was I going? Oh, so the, based on your goals, so you talked about like 
everyone kind of laughing, maybe not laughing, but just telling you sub three. Okay. Chill out, man. Uh, yeah, totally. let's, uh, let's add some reasonable goals, but you're clearly, you could tell your personality. Um, you're relatively a newbie still at this game. Have you had to recalibrate the, the volume or the type of training you've done since you've really gone into marathoning? Has there been some, some, you know, bumps in the road that you've kind of learned? Um, just curious. It seems like you would be led into that, especially in this sport. Yeah. So when I first came to New York, I, you know, pretty much had zero mileage under my belt and, uh, and uh, on a weekly basis. And then when I signed up for New York, that certainly ramped up, you know, 30, 40, I got up to, you know, probably like 60 miles. Um, I was training hard. I tried, I didn't miss a workout. Is this with Dylan? Sorry, Jason. This is, this was, this this is John Henwood. Okay. Uh, Got it. So first coach, first marathon, had you done yep. any races before? I'm assuming you did some races. Or I did. No? I did a couple of halves in Miami, um, you know, with kind of no training, uh, kind of very, yeah, just not well done. Um, but um, yeah, and just the I don't. I'm not really even too sure why I did them, but you know. Um, but anyway, um, when I got to New York, yeah, I did do a couple of halves and prep for the New York City. Uh, marathon. Um, but, you know, I pretty much did everything to a T and I just watched my, how I felt. Um, I, you know, I watched my times, you know, just drop down, but more or less, the most interesting change was, uh, you know, I actually how I felt and who I was running with in the park, you know, there's kind of like, you know, groups, you know, like uh, runners, and, you know, I could tell, you know, I was, you know, moving up, you know, <laughs> like in the, you know, the groups that I was running with. And, um, you know, that was, you know, an interesting thing. And I was just determined to run with this, you know, better performing, faster group. And um, I think that's one of the, my major learnings, I think, after New York is like, you know, I went in thinking, you know, uh, running's kind of a solo sport, you know, and don't get me wrong. I love being in my head and running by myself, but it, I mean, if you want to get better, you need to run with other people. Um, yeah. You preferably chasing other people. <laughs> Uh, that's definitely something I've learned after New York. So two, what was your goal going to New York? It was just the sub three and anything else yeah. was great, uh, you know, just on the top of yes. that. Yeah. So when I do a race, uh, you know, I'm so big on setting a specific goal. Um, and um, before that race, I literally put a number in a PowerPoint and I still have and it was 254. <laughs> 254 is a special number. Yeah, it's, you know, it was my brother's football number. It's his jersey's hung in my place. And, you know, I, you know, I, I set this concrete goal 254 and, you know, some, you know, seconds number. The seconds number was off. It was right on that I hit 254. I had no idea I hit it till like in a little after the race. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, that just cemented in my head the power of, you know, being so clear on what you want and, you know, just sticking out, you know, you know, John knew what I wanted and like, you know, he's going to give me what I needed to do to get there. You know, from there, it was just me, uh, you know, putting in the work and I was blown away. Like when I hit, you know, 254, exactly what I was anticipating. Um, Wow. That's awesome. And do you remember what you were out in on that course? What the, what your half was, um, how even did you uh, run? Yeah. 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 I negative splitted that course. Wow. Um, just <clears throat> not easy to do. Yeah, actually, you know, I, I started at a six forty three, and, you know, I finished at, you know, six thirty. you know, from 35 K I was running six thirty four, six forty, six twenty nine. Yeah. So I, you know, at the end, I remember picking off so many people. Yeah, Pat. I had so much in me. It felt so good when I got into Central Park after having trained in there for you know all all season. So that's awesome. So so two fifty four. You said you, I think you had some sixty mile weeks. That was kind of your peak. Um. Yeah. I think I. Yeah. I think I might have got up to seventy. Um. 
<clears throat> Berlin's definitely when I picked up a lot more volume. Um, not a lot. I mean, I definitely, you know, pushed it. I definitely, you know, this was my first marathon. So I think we had to kind of keep it within reason uh, with the overtraining. Um, and you didn't have any issues. It sounds like no. New York, it went well. Uh, New York went very well. And then Berlin, I have to wonder, like, how much was it just the course is faster? Did you, <clears throat> did the extra volume, did it pay as as much, you know, as many dividends as you would have liked? Or when you think about the course differences, because you, you ran 249 in Berlin, right? Yeah. So Berlin wasn't a good marathon for me. It wasn't. Um, I, yeah. I, you know, at the, I set two, 240. Uh, sub 245 for my original goal running Berlin um, at the beginning of the season. I thought, you know, with better training, you know, some experience effects, largely that was my first marathon. I should, you know, be able to pick up some time there. And just the nature of the course being flatter should have, should have significantly helped reduce that. So that would have been like about 10 minutes uh, off my pace. Now um, I had an issue with my hamstring at one point and, um, and I honestly couldn't do any type of speed work or tempo work. And, you know, that pretty much nixed a lot of my ability to, you know, chisel, chisel down my time. Um, and, uh, you know, I kind of knew that a little bit. Also, the weather was a little warm, you know, but nonetheless, you know, I, I don't I didn't even run it. I run it that well. Um, I went out maybe a little fast. Or actually, I kept the 620 pace from all the way to 35 K and then, you know, it ticked up a little bit um, to about 640, and I ended up running, uh, yeah, uh, 249. I mean, I was definitely okay with it. Um, you know, five minutes off your times at this, you know, when you're in this domain, um, I realized that's, you know, pretty, pretty good, significant, but you know, I still wasn't happy. So, <laughs> one at 245. Um, Right. So it's, well, I mean, that's another, you know, way we torture ourselves, right? It's kind of like take the wins, um, keep it in perspective. Second one, still improved. Running fast, by the way. I mean, it's not, once you get down to this speed, it's just it's really hard to keep, you know, chipping away. Uh, you know, and you, I saw your comment after Boston, which is way harder than Berlin, you know, and you chipped away a couple more minutes. Well, you're down to 246 now? Yeah. 246. about like three minutes or so. But you were off your goal, though, so that was the that was a bummer. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I wanted that 245. I don't care that Boston. I mean, don't get me wrong. I totally get it. It's, it's, it is a beast of a course. Um, you know, I prepared hard. Um you know, I'm still happy with the result, but you know, it's still sitting there. Um, <laughs> I saw the two. I'm coming down Boylston. I saw 244. I'm like, no, this definitely looks further than a minute. But <laughs> oh man, I, yeah, you spoiled yeah. yourself with that hitting it on the nose in that first one. To, yeah, to to me, like the marathon. I don't know. I just feel like there's so many factors that have to go right on that day, like 5k, 10k. You're not running, you're not running that long, right? So like the weather's a little off. If it's a little windy, you can get by. If you pace, pacing's a little off, you can get by without really taking a hit. Marathon, like if things are a little bit off, if you fuel a little bit off, you know, or the humidity's a little off, like then things get exponentially bad. And, and then oftentimes the runner will be like, well, it wasn't that warm, you know, like, I don't think that was the problem. And I'm, you're walking such a fine line. Like if it goes off the rails, then it, then it really gets ugly. You're out there for so long. So you really lose a ton. The, those factors get, you know, just, boom, you can lose so much. So it's just, I don't know. To me, it's like, take the win, man. Like you improved, you, 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 you spent all that time training. You, you stayed healthy. You got to the line. So much has to come together on race day. You're still improving. So it's like, I know you're happy with it. I'm just saying like, keep it in perspective. But if you keep living to fight another day, 
get on a better course. What's next, by the way, after Boston? Do you have something already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. London's in the calendar. Nice. Um, that you know, it's a good point you make about you know, and everyone has their own you know kind of you know expectation, and you know, I don't know. For me, when I I, I get motivated when you know, I don't know when I don't hit something I expect to. So you know, for me, it only kind of you know, ramps me up a little bit for the next one. So it, it kind of helps me in many regards. So, um, you know, I think I'm going to you know shift the, shift the time even beneath, you know, 240, 240, you know, sub 245 for London, just knowing the course and you know, that performance at Boston, but yeah, no, totally. Um, super looking forward to London coming up in October. Um, it's the last time it's run in the, in the fall, I believe. And, uh, you know, the other special thing is, um, I'm running, you know, interestingly, I, I got in through charity and it's the charity from what my brother died from, which is bacterial meningitis. It's very rare disease. Wow. So there's super special meaning. It's the 20th anniversary. I call it the 20th anniversary and that my brother passed away 2002. So it's going to be, you know, phenomenally special and I'm you know looking to have a phenomenal performance on top of that. So That's awesome. That's cool, man. Um, so then what, well, real quickly, I want to get into what you're doing now, but, um, and we'll post something. Do you, do you have like a fundraising page or is there something that you're doing? Yeah, totally. Okay. I do have a fundraising page. We'll include it like in the episode profile and, and mention it. Um, that's great. So, oh, I, I always have to ask, cause I like polling people who've done New York and Boston, two things, which is harder which course? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I'm having some debates with uh, one of my friends, Mike, uh, about this. Or actually, not a debate. We were actually chatting about it, and I, you know, tend to agree with him uh, in the fact that I think New York's probably harder. Um, uh, you know, I I think it's just Boston course requires a smart strategy that people fall victim to. Um, you know, I think I went out, you know, I don't know. It's, they're <laughs> it's both challenging in their own regards. Um, you know, it depends, but, uh, you know, I think New York tends to have a little bit more of a challenge. Um, I don't know. There's just more hills scattered throughout. I don't know. It, it, it depends how you analyze them, but I don't know. Boston's, there's so much downhill in that. It's just, I don't know. People which tend can, to just bank it up. Which can hurt you, right? Like I think. Totally. That, yeah. Totally. That's the thing. People like, don't train for that. Yeah. If you don't train for it, I think some people are more susceptible, whether it's mus- muscularly or in their mechanics. Um, there's a lot there. Yeah. It's just an interesting question. A lot of the New York Hills kind of get overlooked, I feel like. No one really talks too That's, much about yeah, it. Like total. Fifth Ave is a mile long hill at mile 20. Yeah. <laughs> no one talks yeah, about that. I remember John... I remember John cementing that in my head. Like, yeah, he's like, and that was literally in my head um, the whole time. That's awesome. Waiting for it. Waiting for it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, all of it can be prepared for, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd say the winner goes to, you know, probably um, New York being a little bit edged out a little harder. Um, there's just so many little tricks laced throughout the course. Um what about, what, you know, they're both fun. What about better experience? Yeah, New York for sure. Wow. Um, yeah. 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 I don't know. I'm obviously biased because I'm living in New York City, but it's just phenomenal to run through all these different boroughs and just finishing in Central Park. I mean, there's just so many epic moments. You just literally feel like you're getting a tour around the world. Like in Boston, um, the point to point, I don't know. For me, it gets a little old. Um, you know, it's, yeah. I don't know. The crowd certainly is not the same experience in my opinion either. But Yeah. Yeah. That's what I probably hear a little bit more. Um, in, in New York was pre COVID your experience. Yeah. 2019. Right. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Last year it was it just felt, I mean, it was incredible how big it was. And then you're like, that was half the size, you know, you're like, Oh my God. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I did actually run it um, last year just for fun with my brother-in-law. Um, 
nice. he has autism. It was his first marathon. I ran it uh, with him, and he got it done in six hours, Ooh. six and a half hours. Was that harder than I, the two than your PR? You know, I think it might be. To be honest, you know, I might have the record too for the fastest and slowest <laughs> running PR. <laughs> but uh, it was phenomenal, and just you know, t- you get to see the marathon in a different, uh, you know, through a different perspective. And, you know, it was just amazing um, running with him. So yeah, I bet. Yeah, just kind of soak it all in a little bit more. Soak it all yeah. in the whole time. <laughs> That's funny. Um, we'll talk a little bit about training now. You've got. You're not quite. Did you start a build up for London or not quite yet? Um, no, I mean I'm running for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm 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 training, but I think we'll. You know, I think uh, next month. Uh, I'm going to start like, you know, getting locked in, zoned in to the training. But yeah, I'm certainly staying fresh, uh, doing a few workouts. Um, you know, I'm still putting in about 40, 50 miles. So it's definitely, I'm not, not doing anything, but trying to carry through a lot of these, um, my fitness to the next marathon. So, and then what, is there anything you guys are mixing up or changing kind of say like hey this is what we need to do to kind of get to the next level or is it just hey let's just keep doing what we're doing and stay consistent just curious yeah um i don't think um i don't know i like leave that to bill (laughs) (laughs) i don't really know to be honest and to be honest i honestly i don't really i just i don't know it's one thing i say about you know um the the platform itself i just love it because i don't have to think about it i just kind of do it yeah. <laughs> you know for me it's inputs and outputs and like you know dylan does the inputs uh i put in the work and i look to see the result but um yeah he you know so he totally has me doing a lot of things now in terms of you know a lot more um power type training you know in terms of workouts you know hitting some 200s and you know uh, i have I'm not really doing some really long distance right now one of my biggest issues is you know running my easy runs easy and i'm certainly you know he he must have told me like 50 times if he was closer he'd probably hit me but (laughs) slightly a little bit that's probably what i need Uh, but um yeah i have a challenge running you know my easy runs really easy and so um that's something i need to work on um you know to kind of allow for more recovery to run some of these, you know, workouts more effectively um, or more intensely. Uh, but I'd say that's probably one of my biggest issues. Um, and also my, my other biggest issue is, you know, something not mine personally, dealing with shoes and flat feet, pronation. I don't know how many other people deal with this, but this is, it's a nightmare. I don't know. <laughs> it's totally a nightmare. I have some photos of me in these uh, vapor flies and you can just imagine my literally, if someone looked at my ankles, you think they're like literally snapping. They they roll in so far. Um, so finding a nice balance with you know how to train my ankle between you know finding footwear that you know provides some support but doesn't you know isn't cumbersome and heavy. It's, you know it's it's a these are real challenges we're dealing with. Yeah, I mean, what are you training in on your longer sessions? You're just using the Nikes for some speed and in race day. You, you're just kind of uh, yeah. So I just use them for racing, the vapor flies. But you know, I don't know. I must have. That's one thing I actively research heavily. You know, to try to find uh, shoes that are helpful for you know over pronators. But for me, I've used the Hoka Arahi fours. And you know, for me, when I find something that works, I stick to it. I must have cycled through like eight pairs of those and you know just for reference they're on the arahi uh or they're on the sixth version now and i've just kept buying the fourth they no longer make them so you know it's forcing me to move on which is a bit of a challenge i hate when that happens when you get something good and then they change it you know yeah but you know it's important though because you know i actually in berlin towards the end my calves were you know on fire um, just from the excessive pronation pulling on the um, uh, causing a lot of strain on my cast the gastroc and the soleus and, you know I could totally feel it I, at any point I could have lost it <clears throat> so you know 
making sure that you know the footwear is is locked and loaded is you know key for me and not just not just training like you know for instance it makes it i think it's a mistake to you know do all my training in these shoes that are you know kind of helpful from a stability perspective then sw- swap over to vapor flies which literally have zero help in that that department and then you're just you know setting setting up for potentially a failure so um, I'm trying to find a good balance there with the training and the footwear and the exercises to help with, you know, the the flat feet that I have. So yeah, that will be key, man. Um, well, I like the lesson there in terms of keeping it simple. Um, let the coach kind of put it in there. Don't get into the weeds. I think that's a that's a there's a great lesson there. You probably won't like some of the new features coming because we're. We're going to roll out a new feature called Stats on VDOT. And um, we're trying to focus on keeping it simple as well, but it will be some data in terms of VDOT progression, how long you've been at your current VDOT uh, percentage, breakdown, how much time you've spent at different paces over periods of time. Um, yeah. We'll eventually do accuracy of like workouts so that you and the coach can see, we'll, we'll analyze the GPS and look at how closely you hit certain workouts. Um, so I think that will be helpful um, without just throwing, you know, data at you guys with, you know, just cause it's there. Um, yeah, no, I think that's phenomenal. You know, I do want to preface, like, I feel, uh, you know, everyone's different in that regard. Like, you know, my wife looks at her Fitbit, you know, wants to walk more, you know, where others, they look at it and they get discouraged or they get in their head and they make up excuses. That's why I'm so big on the psychology of it because everyone's unique and different. When it comes to data, I, first off, I love data. It's just understanding when that data is helpful and knowing, knowing yourself. Like for me, data when I'm running is not helpful. <laughs> That's the last thing I need. Um, but you know, after I run a race, I mean, I have a 30, 30 slide presentation assessing, you know, all aspects of my running. And I, you know, I even put a, you know, I made it available for people. Want to no way. Yeah, yeah. Like, cause I, you know, I want to get into that after the fact, cause that's how I understand my performance, um, can diagnose it and assess it. You know, am I being, you know, not critical in certain areas and maybe too critical in certain areas. Um, so, you know, I think all that stuff's phenomenal. It's just, you know, timing is important for me. I don't, you know, I don't necessarily need to be thinking about, you know, all these variables. Like, you know, I know, some, for instance, you know, some people love heart rate. Like someone's like, oh, what's your heart? I'm like, I have no idea. Like I'm breathing and I'm, my heart's beating. Like I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's. But, you know. For each everyone has their own bra, you know, yep. their own metrics and their own tools they use. So I don't want to knock any of them for sure. Um, you know, everything's relevant to someone at certain points. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's great feedback. So do the, you had talked about the Garmin syncing? Is you so do you like it, but you don't like the feedback during the workout? Like I know some. It's hilarious. Some people will be like, "Oh man, that when the watch beeped at me that I was." off pace like i oh got back on and they're like it's the greatest feature ever and then and someone else was like i threw my watch in the garbage because it wouldn't stop yeah. beeping at me <laughs> yeah no totally you know like i said it's going to come down to i think a lot of things you know everyone's different um and i think maybe when you're starting that's helpful but i think as you know as you get more experience you want to run off more feel so i want to cement those pace you know, bands in my head. Like, I don't want it to be, I want my mind to know you're going too fast. And I want to have those, whether that's through my breath or whether that's through my, you know, how I'm feeling my strides, you know, there's a lot of different things that I'm going to use on my body and mental awareness that help me coordinate that pace internally, as opposed to rely on my watch. So finding that appropriate, you know, balance between taking that watch function and, you know, learning it, um, in my, in my mind is, you know, key. And, you know, everyone's going to be in different steps of their, you know, journey, um, when it comes to doing that. So it's going to be relevant. Um, you know, certainly as I push down to different, you know, paces and, you know, some of those, you know, beeps and can be helpful, but, um, you know, after a certain point in time, I just, you know, want to get it, 
ingrained in my psychology where I can just, you know, feel the pace and, you know, know what I'm doing. Um, That's awesome, man. I'd love to get more into the psychology and the stuff that you're doing, how that can be applied. Um, you know, yeah, I'll, I can total, I'll, I'm going to send you a few papers after, um, one comes to mind on, uh, from a Duke psychologist on, you know, you know, uh, how giving too much, you know, feedback in the moment can, you know, demotivate someone, but it's going to depend on, you know, the person, um, you know, how much, you know, experience they have. And, but, um, so yeah, there's a lot of variables that come into play with it. And it's not, you know, there's not a one size fits all, but it is good to know. I mean, I'm just trying to recognize for myself what's that right balance of, you know, <clears throat> information in, in the moment that is helpful. You know, cause the downside for me, um, which isn't, you know, for everyone, but if I, you know, I get in my head with certain looking at certain things and, you know, in many cases my watch is wrong or something because of GPS issues in the city. And I'm like, that's crazy. I'm not running that. <laughs> like, I'm like, Oh gosh. Yeah. So, you know, knowing yourself is going to be, I think the most important and everyone should select what, what type of tools they want to help them in that. So. Yeah, no, that's great. I totally agree. Well, this background that you have, it sounds like you sound like a coach. So I'm talking to a coach. So, um, that's, that's nice to hear. Um, so, Hey man, thanks for spending time. We appreciate it. And, uh, you know, best of luck with London. We'll be watching you. Keep us posted. Yeah. Looking forward to it. And I appreciate you having me and, you know, appreciate what you're doing as a sport. It's definitely helping lots of people and uh, excited about for what you guys have to come. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. All right. Cheers. Awesome. Cheers. Take care.